care. Kelly's husband was also a borrowing student at the time, but she took out all the child care loans. Kelly found work as a teacher at a public school. To be eligible for the highest possible salary, she needed additional graduate work, which she borrowed to complete. By staying enrolled in graduate school from 1999 to 2004, she was able to again put off repaying her older loans, but the interest charges continued, compounding every year. Graduate school and childcare added $60,700 to the principal. For those keeping track, the loans totaled $194,603 by April 2005. Kelly's husband worked in the construction industry. In 2005, the family moved to Laredo, Texas, following the Great American Housing Boom. The Great Recession was devastating. Facing home foreclosure, Kelly cashed out her public teacher retirement funds, despite the stiff penalty. But it wasn't enough. In 2008, she and her husband lost their home, and they divorced. Kelly was now several years out of graduate school, and the loans were due. But the federal government allows a borrower to defer payments for up to three years in the case of an economic hardship, which Kelly certainly had. She consolidated her loan balance, which had grown to $260,000, at slightly more than 7% interest. By this time, Kelly's children were reaching college age. One received a financial aid package that included $12,000 in Parent PLUS loans, a federal program that allows parents to borrow money for their children's college education after the children have reached the maximum on loans of their own. She agreed hoping to minimize her children's debt. She briefly enrolled in an education Ph.D. program at Texas A&M before withdrawing, but not fast enough to avoid an additional $7,458 in loans. Eventually, Kelly moved back to Missouri, where she found work as a high school teacher in a parochial school. After resolving a long, contentious child care fight with her ex-husband, she finally felt financially stable enough to tackle the pile of student loan documents that had been accumulating. After her loan deferment ended, she enrolled in another, similar federal program called Forbearance, also because of an economic hardship. The hardship this time was the loans themselves. A representative from Kelly's loan servicer called this September, explaining that her final forbearance would expire in 16 months. After that, Kelly said they told her, they would come after her, garnishing her wages and eventually her social security. She had taken out her first student loan 25 years earlier and had yet to make a single payment. She also had not come to grips with how much it had added up to in the end. The $410,000 total shocked her. The accumulated interest was more than twice the original principal. She was in a new relationship, but remarriage was impossible. Who would attach themselves to that much debt? Because she had stayed home with her children for many years, she had contributed relatively little to Social Security. Her public teacher retirement fund was gone, along with the equity in her lost home. She, not her ex-husband, had borrowed for child care. At age 48, she wanted to begin saving for retirement, but the monthly loan payments of $2,750 stretched for 30 years far more than she could afford and long past retirement age. Over the next 11 months, Kelly will accumulate more in interest charges than she borrowed for her entire undergraduate degree.
She would like to go bankrupt, but federal law all but precludes that method of discharging student loans. The private enterprise system is built to limit overborrowing by sharing risk between lenders and borrowers. Lenders examine credit and income histories and ask for collateral that can be repossessed in case of default. They charge more interest when they take on more risk. Because most loans can be discharged in bankruptcy, lenders share the cost of default. It's likely that Kelly's mortgage lender lost money on her 2008 foreclosure, for example. But the federal student loan program doesn't work that way. Those ads that run on bus stop signs and on late night television, no cash, no credit, no problem, are essentially the Department of Education's official policy on student loans. On the front end, the department is the world's nicest, most accommodating lender. Interest rates are set by Congress and are lower than banks charge in the private market.